1: More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and
1: tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free
0: right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With
1: all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere, with anyone, at any time, and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications.
0: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ Lafura Alongside me, I've got Brandon Caram, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing?
1: LJ, doing good. Sunday night, the Giants are three and one. Syracuse football is five and zero. Oh. Uh, we're vibing.
0: We are very much vibing, Brandon. UConn's bull bound. Sure. words.
1: Uh, well, LJ, you know, I wanted to bring this up about the Syracuse game yesterday. Not sure if you saw, but they were up forty-nine, nothing at halftime, and then both teams agreed to make the second half ten-minute quarters.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, especially from both a Syracuse fan standpoint, but also as a, you know person who is much more into the gambling scene or understanding of it than I am. How do you react from both of those sides?
1: Um, well, from a gambling standpoint, if you took that over 63 and there was a total of 59 points, I would be really mad. Um, I mean, it's over 15% of the game that they just completely got, got rid of. Um, it was obvious though that I mean Wagner, they sure I'm sure Syracuse paid them a good amount of money. But I mean, you don't even see this when like SEC teams are playing these these terrible schools. So I was a little confused, but Wagner football, they haven't won a game in over three years, so um
0: it's tough. Yeah, and it's just Oh, well, for starters, also, let's just say this, too, or call it out. What are you doing taking a uh... – you said the line was 63?
1: Over 63. Oh. Syracuse was – Oh, the
0: point spread favored. was –
1: the. Well, Over under for the game was 63. 53. The point spread was Syracuse favored by 54, and they covered by winning 59 to nothing. Um. Yeah, Wagner football. Um, that's all I have to say. But hey, Cuse is ranked first time since 2019. Two weeks from now, we'll be playing NC State, who is also ranked. Unfortunately, we, we won't be getting college game day. Um, thanks to ESPN having a hard-on for Clemson and insisting it was there this week. Um, and it was Clemson versus NC State. So, you know, Syracuse, one of six, power five schools that has not had college game day and in what is possibly the best chance for us um in the history of college game day we we won't be getting it um uh, more than likely, which it's, just sucks. I'm like it sucks the ESPN. like they have such a hard on for Clemson, but also I feel like they love the SEC more than anyone. yet for whatever reason, they couldn't pick one of the good SEC games this week. It made no sense. like
0: no. You're saying they're not going to get it because they did an ACC team this week?
1: Because NC State played Clemson this week.
0: Oh, so they won't do back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tough because so many factors have to go the right way, right? I mean, and you're right. There were so many good SEC games this weekend, but at the same time, you know, you kind of had if you're if you're looking to go if you're trying to pick what ACC game to go with this year, it's tough to turn away from a five ten matchup.
1: Correct. That's However, the game. Right, and I get that. I totally do, but it just sucks, man. Mm.
0: We, I understand as, your frustration. As a
1: Syracuse student, like, imagine it'd be the first time we've ever had it.
0: Oh yeah, and it's I understand your frustration perfectly. It's just. Yeah, you know, it's the amount of the frustration comes into the amount of factors that have to be put together in deciding this. And honestly, you know, part of me wishes you know maybe they went to Ole Miss instead,
1: or any of the other games. Because there was there was that, a Oklahoma State, there was,
0: you know. I think there. I think you've got a case that that one would have actually been a bigger game than NC State being in there, although two. NC State that was NC State's first ever top 10 matchup yeah which is like you know there's a lot so many things that go into those decisions it's wild but I will say I'm pulling hard for you on this Syracuse NC State matchup I will pull for anyone playing NC State at this point because those mascots are terrifying they never should show those on TV again it looks like something you pulled out of your grandmother's attic after, like, 30 years, and it's, like, decaying as you wear it.
1: The the NC State mascot.
0: Yes, both the male and the female one.
1: Yeah. Um, Nasty. Needless to say, for the next two weeks, because we have a bye week this week, um, for the next two weeks, there will be lots of NC State slander to come. And playoff baseball, of course. This is a baseball show.
0: This um, is a baseball show
1: lj the regular season ends wednesday
0: it does not tuesday not thursday wednesday
1: it does um i currently have on not sunday night football because i hate tom brady and can't stand watching that um man but i have mets braves very important game atlanta's up four to three after winning both of the games this weekend um so so far jacob de really um you know if they really got to him um the, the other night he uh, he gave up three home runs um the season era for him now over 3 um just not looking like the jacob de that we're used to seeing and LJ, the General discourse on Mets Twitter right now, the, the, they they really think that the season's over and that they have no chance for San Diego in this wild card round, based on how they've played this weekend. Because they said if we can't even beat Atlanta um in either of those games with so, you know, our best pitchers on the mound, who's saying that, that we're gonna play good against San Diego at this point I mean you look at the Mets lineup LJ you wanted to talk about Francisco Alvarez what are they doing calling him up for this weekend is it do they really not have anyone else to slide in there I mean it's the depth is such a problem with this team that really outside of like the top four in the lineup tonight I I don't see a lot to like and it's it's really tough.
0: I, I'm i going to have to hard disagree with you there. I think this is just a matter of framing. You know, what about this? Actually, I'm not looking at tonight's lineup. Um, like,
1: why is Francisco Alvarez, though? He's your number one prospect. And now, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, let's just call him up for the most important series of the season.
0: Yeah, again, I, I've already spoken to this. This is career homicide is what it is i i'm not going to shy away from that this is you don't use blatant disregard for his development the
1: yankees and, don't even do this and they hate developing their players properly
0: and and the, because this is also counteractive to team success too you're putting a guy in here who is not fully adjusted to the major league game into meaningful at bats makes no sense as for the depth i'm going to push back because really or if you're going to say that i'm going to ask you. What about these players has changed? You've been evaluating their talent level for a very long time now, particularly the group in this team. What has necessarily changed all that much about the starting lineup? Because generally it's fine. Yes, you're without Starling Marte. That's really the only major piece you're missing here. I don't know. I just think, you know, every Every ever all around, they've been solid. They just don't have a lot of stars. And so that's when you don't have that, you need to have the culture and you need to have the intensity be there. That's what keeps you sharp. that what that's what keeps a team like this good. I don't need to see them go out and add a bunch of guys like Philly does every year because where does that get? You? This roster is plenty good enough. This is about mentality. This is a team that got too cocky as far as I'm concerned. This Mets team has led the division for all but three days now, or no, yeah, three days now. Today is the first, the third full day that they've not had the division. The Braves took it once earlier in this month, which, mind you, could easily happen again. I mean, let's not put it past this Atlanta team. They've done it once: beat the, get up there and then fall apart because they get too secure. We still have one more series to play. But the other time was to Philly earlier on in the season. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is they've been so good for so long that I think they kind of got to the point where they felt untouchable. And they got to the point where they got too comfortable with the lead. They got too comfortable in that top spot. When they finally got pushed, they faltered. And now they don't know how to pick themselves back up because they felt like their season was... Like coming towards the end. That goes for both the players and the fan base. Overall, it's just been a week in that point. And I forget what star it was. I think it, I don't think I should be attributing it to Jerry Seinfeld, but I also feel like I should be attributing it to Jerry Seinfeld, went off about the Timmy Trumpet performance. And that I think, whoever, whatever celebrity it was that said this, That really spoke to me and gave me a different look at this too. And he said, basically, this is the most Mets thing ever. We've gotten so, we've fallen so in love with our success while we've had it that we're now celebrating having won nothing. The Timmy Trumpet thing was a, look how good we are. Look how cool this is. Look how great Edwin Diaz is. Showboating celebration thing. When they hadn't done anything, they hadn't clinched the division, they hadn't clinched a playoff spot, they hadn't won the World Series. None of that had happened yet for this team, and they were already celebrating and giving themselves that air. When that happens, you get a team like this who's not fully ready to compete in October baseball. That's what this series is. It's October baseball. That's why you feel that's why I feel they fell so short. Now they're going to come out of this with. Next to no confidence, just like these fans will, and if if you go if you come out of playing a Braves team, a Braves team, mind you, that is significantly better than the San Diego Padres. Frankly, you know, this is a bad take, but I like Milwaukee. I feel stronger about Milwaukee and Philadelphia in the theoretical world where they actually execute than I do top to bottom about the San Diego Padres roster right now. And that's me saying that with two MVP caliber players in their lineup. So this is a very beatable team for the Mets. Very, very beatable. Well, let's talk in, about
1: the you Brewers. You get to this
0: point where you're in your head saying, we're not going to be able to beat anybody, both the team and the fans, and it's 100% right if you've got this level of confidence that if you're comparing this Padres team to the World Series champions you got to you got to get your priorities back in check
1: well let's talk about the Brewers who they 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 just didn't want to make the playoffs this year that's that that's all that's all it comes down to um, they drop their last two games to the Marlins, they lose it in twelve innings today. Um, you know, I just I don't if you're a Brewers fan, this it's gotta be so painful. And I know, like technically, you're not eliminated, but you're two games back. Philly, on the other hand, you know they did what they had to do. They won today. Uh, you know, in seven innings, and. Yesterday, they split a doubleheader. All they needed to do was just a couple wins. Brewers fully incapable of doing that. And it's just, how are you going out and losing these games to the Marlins? I mean, a team that has legitimately nothing to play for, an extremely disappointing season for them. You're playing at home. You're playing at home.
0: And another thing here is this is also a Marlins team that at their best, back when we looked at this team, looked at all of it and said, you know, they're not half bad. They're not like a playoff contender, but they're solid. You know, this was a team that we had in our like 15, 16, 17 range for quite a while power rankings wise this season. Their one hit was the fact that they did, ridiculously poor against above five hundred teams. They couldn't be good teams, but they were beating everyone they had to. This is you're right. This is one hundred percent tailor made for Milwaukee.
1: And you know we both are happy to some extent that the Phillies are gonna. I mean, they have a ninety six percent chance now, according to FanGraphs, to make it. However, you know they are they are playing three games in Houston um this week while the Brewers have three against Arizona uh Woodruff and Burns are both are both pitching in that series but uh it's over I mean there's it's just at this point I don't know what else to say regarding that that NL race because we've been talking about it for so long and it's like all right all that's got to happen you know, just win the games. If you're the Brewers, just beat the Marlins this weekend. It's all you have to do, and they couldn't do it. And you know, right now, San Diego, there's still a game up. They did, did they clinch San Diego? Yeah, or yeah, yes. San Diego clinched a wild card. Yeah, so it's oh, it just sucks, man. Meanwhile, yeah. a Brandon Nimmo is putting together a fantastic at bat here um another foul ball wow um the Mets are only down by one as we're, as, we're, as we're talking right now but still um LJ I don't know if you have anything else on the Brewers because I there's one story we didn't talk about prior to the show but figured we would um uh, at least I could bring it up maybe
0: um yeah I do have a couple thoughts on the Brewers sure. first I'm going to jump back one more quick thought on Braves Mets again if they can get their head in gear this isn't over that's why this game means so much you lost it you've officially been truly punched in the mouth now go back and take it because you know their odds are still decent going into that final series of coming out with this division win you know if you go
1: if uh, you win tonight
0: you this game yeah you, know, you I'm not going to expect the Braves to drop a what is it um yeah i'm not going to ex- expect them to drop a two-game lead but i can see a world where the mets can eke out one more win than the braves can that that is a very highly realistic world for both of these two teams and you also can't forget that basically if they lose tonight it's very easy to forget that this is going to most likely be a 100 win team If you can't carry the confidence of 100 wins into the postseason, then you've got nothing. But as for Milwaukee, Philadelphia, you know, we said it before that this Marlins series decided it. We said that weeks ago when we were looking through the schedules, breaking down these races, ultimately saying, all right, what has to go right here? They failed. They failed that mission. But I will also say, based on the fact that this took so long, with my lack of faith in San Diego and Milwaukee for Philadelphia, I really thought they could would, would definitively get through this. I trusted them to play better baseball than both than at least one of those two teams, and they've barely done that. You may feel happy for Philly. I am excited to see Bryce Harper in the playoffs, but I cannot say I'm happy for this team. I cannot say I care to see this team. That, you know, has just been such a disappointment and finds a way to fail at, success, fail at success, I guess. Every opportunity they get. Time and time again, they find a way to come up short and just completely screw it up. So, ultimately, it's just, it's frustrating. Because especially seeing, you know, you've got three wildcard teams who yes they're already decided but they fought darn hard to get there between toronto seattle and tampa and in terms of seeding spots have been fighting really hard too but when it comes to that next team i feel bad for baltimore not getting a shot because they were just too untalented frankly i'd rather see baltimore in that philly spot than philly i don't care how many stars philly has
1: yeah um I'm happy that that the the uh, Phillies are going to make it like you can't especially when they expanded the playoffs you can't expect that um, every team is going to be this loaded juggernaut that is you know has played really good and obviously the American League is stronger than the NL this year um,
0: but that's the thing is I wouldn't but, say that they are
1: yeah but, yeah but can't you make the same argument about the 2021 Braves like they only won 88 games there was Two teams in the American League that didn't even make the playoffs. That you know. um
0: Well, let me say this: and the
1: Braves did win the NL East. I get that, but it was a historically weak division to begin. But with But I
0: also, I I'm more interested in the brand of baseball they're playing right now. And I know my hindsight is 2020, but I genuinely feel like I would have said this too: that the way that Braves team turned on after May was already exceptional, and then you could already see by this point in time in the year, you could already see that all of those trade deadline moves that they made were really clicking in the right direction. This team didn't come out of completely out of nowhere once they got to the postseason. They'd already solidified themselves there. And so from my thought process, I'm not looking for the talent level of the team. I'm not looking at record necessarily because Baltimore is going to end up with the worst record than both Philly and Milwaukee. What I'm looking at here is who's playing good baseball, and it doesn't feel like we're seeing we've seen enough good baseball from either of those sides.
1: Fair, no, that is fair. Um, LJ, well, there was a story that I wanted to bring up regarding Shohei Ohtani, yes. um, the Angels, and him avoid arbitration one-year, $30 million contract for 2023. Um, You know, they avoid arbitration, and it would have been one of the most interesting, unique, complex arbitration cases in league history, especially knowing that how they, what they, you know, the stats and the stuff they use for arbitration. They use very simple batting average, RBIs, home runs, and then for pitchers, it's your win-loss record, your ERA, and your strikeouts. There's no advanced statistics used whatsoever when it comes to to, to this. Um, and, you know, $30 million is a really solid deal for him. I'm not going to say that, um, you know, I think he's worth $30 million. He's definitely worth more than that. But I don't mind him agreeing to this at this moment, because he is going to be a free agent after 2023. Multiple teams are going to, you know, be going after him. And LJ's brought up the point many times, how durable can this guy actually be? You know, how many years of both pitching and hitting are we going to see him do? Because he didn't really start uh, pitching, you know, till 2021. I mean, sure, 2018 when he wins the Rookie of the Year, he threw 50 innings, um and was it was pretty good. But didn't pitch in 2019. Pitch one inning in 2020. Finally, starts throwing more innings in 2021, and now way more in 2022. And he's been outstanding. But how durable is he going to end up being? So, I think 30 million is. A good enough number, especially if this is just to avoid arbitration.
0: I find this number so interesting, and I'm so a little bit confused by it. Um,
1: it's the largest. Large... Is oh, sorry. One last thing. It's the largest salary ever for an arbitration eligible player.
0: Yes, and I was about to bring that up. Um. That is breaking Mookie bets, correct? At 27,
1: I believe so. And Matt Olsen
0: just went yards, so tough
1: for Mets fans right
0: now. Um, yeah, so what this comes down to is you know, do you think he's just only 3 million more or 3 million more than 2019 Mookie bets? 2020 movie bets
1: Uh, i mean what is a realistic number that that fits within the angels payroll that you know i mean you're not going to give them 50 million dollars
0: no 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 i'm not saying that but i'm just saying i'm just interested because you know usually this this type of number when you agree to a contract pre-arbitration usually comes out either in the player's favor or just about where you'd expect that number to come out for them based on other players' sound. So this honestly seems like very clearly on the side of the Angels, whether it was intentional by Shohei or not, I don't know. But I would have guessed 35. Okay. Would have been my guess. When If you'd asked me before any of this happened, I would have said 35 million is what he's going to get. For arbitration that seems fair for an mvp that seems fair for a guy who's going to be back-to-back top three in mvp voting all around that seems like a pretty that seems like a solid deal for me but there's two ways this went either he's hearing in his camp that the arbitrate arbitrators are not going to be able to show his true value with this process, and that he know, already thinks he's going to get screwed in the whole process, so he's going to take that to avoid that. Or is this get him giving the Angels one last hurrah, one final chance to put the competitive team around him? Because as much as he's not going to get, he doesn't want to get screwed here or anything, but he could definitely get more. I, I think. Have, oh, sorry. I like. I like the world. The theoretical world where this is Shohei Otani taking a little bit of a pay cut from what he knows he can get to see if they can get that team to the playoffs. Because we've already talked about it, this is their last chance. I don't see a world where Shohei Otani is an angel next year, no matter how much money they try to give him, if they don't make the playoffs. He's too old and as mentioned, he cares about winning way too much for him to stick around.
1: LJ save this clip, you know, do whatever, but the angels are not making the playoffs next year. I am so fully confident in that, that it's the, this, there's just nothing here. And here's what I'll say. I was reading an article by an angels beat writer regarding this. The angels think that, you know, potentially, um, you know, there could be a trade in the works at some point. And establishing his price tag for next season um, only makes the trade, you know, a little more realistic for teams now that they know exactly how much is going to be on the books. But you have to remember, the Angels owners are currently trying to sell the team. So the payroll situation is pretty weird. um you know obviously trying to figure out what a trade for otani looks like is is just incredibly hard especially with a year of control remaining but i mean it's probably the least likely scenario um in this in this whole uh, situation But the person that vetoed, uh, you know, any possibility of a trade was the guy that owns the team who is uh, trying to sell this team. So, you know, would a new owner come in and immediately trade Otani? No, but. There you can't just have this roster with three thirty million dollar players next year just rotting away, I mean. If you're the new owner that's coming in and you already have 147 million dollars on your luxury tax payroll before you've even put you know any work or effort into this team and you know that that 147 million is not it's not getting you 80 wins, it's not getting you 85 wins, it's not getting you close to the playoffs. You know what are you doing then? I mean as as much as it's awesome to have all these great players on your team and they're all getting paid what they're worth except for Anthony Rendon now um you know like what exactly is is the move here um i, I just i don't know i think that there's a lot of different moves within this roster that could be made i don't see them going out and and up picking up Anyone big in free agency, especially with all that money on the books to begin with.
0: So now purely out of your own head, I'll answer first if you'd like. If you were Shohei Otani, why do you do this move?
1: To what? guarantee my say, because I, uh, I should have answered your other question. I feel like they were, some people in his camp were telling him he wouldn't get 30 mil in arbitration
0: okay that's fair but let's the other way i wanted to look at this he also
1: guy, wants to win
0: yeah and that's part that's part of it too this is also a man though who has not been shy about his brand you know this is a guy who if it weren't for aaron judge having this crazy season he would still be the most he's still the second most t- talked about person in baseball and he would be the most talked-about person in baseball. The Shohei Otani brand is very strong. Do you know what never helps a brand? A trade request. So obviously, you're you're gonna give your team every opportunity to be good, the team that you committed yourself to, the team that you signed with. You're gonna give every opportunity, at least if I'm Shohei Otani. But you're also not going to screw yourself over. You're not gonna let them try to lock you down long-term, no matter what the money, this gives the PR move of, oh, I'm probably getting undervalued here, but it's for the good of the team. If he wanted to say that or not, I feel like that's implied, or could be implied. But more so, you're 100% right. By doing this, in the event that he could have gotten more, imagine if they do hit 35. Shohei Otani at 35 is 100% less sellable than shohei otani at 30 million you're totally you're totally on the on the spot there so if i'm shohei otani i want 30 because i can be more marketable to a bigger team a better club that should be the top priority right now if they i'm not going to request the trade but if they do i'm going to put myself in the best position to get somewhere good
1: love that um take actually and you know angels are a team that want to be keeping really close tabs on in the offseason just because there's there's so much that could happen here you know is this new owner going to come in is he going to want to exceed the luxury tax threshold is he going to want to give Shohei Otani a deal that will be at least 40 million dollars AAV I mean I, I don't think that that's uh, uh, you know, I, LJ, there's a 100% chance that his contract he signs in free agency is over 40 mil AAB, right?
0: I would say, yeah, there's, it's 100%. I wouldn't be shocked to hear larger numbers. I'm not going to say 50. exactly. I'm not going to say 50, but 45 is very much there, especially if you're of my thought process, which is I'm not giving him anything more than six years. So that. Therefore, tends to jack up the annual value.
1: Yeah. Well, LJ, you have anything else for today?
0: No, nope, I think we are all set.
1: All right. Last power rankings of the year tomorrow. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod, and we'll see you.
0: See you, Mignola.